What's up, everybody? Championship Leadership Podcast today, and uh, I'm excited. We have Emmy Tariq. He's out of Orlando, Florida. Uh, he's the co-founder and CEO of Webmetrics Group Company, and uh, I just appreciate you taking some time to be here with me today. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on here. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. So I always love asking this question first to, to start the conversation. The name of the podcast is Championship Leadership. Like, What does that mean to you or uh, when you hear championship leadership? What do you think? It's about someone who really understands that leadership is just more than running employees. It's more about bringing the team to win and winning the, what I would call the gold, winning the race in your industry and taking it. And to me, um, the first and most important thing is the customer. The second most important thing is the employees. And then the third thing would be your um, profits. Yeah. So when talk about leadership, it's about really driving your, because without your employees, you can't control the customers at once. Without customers, you don't have a business thing with the paying employees. So champion leadership is about making sure you focus on the employees more than the profits. Yeah, that most, that, uh, that makes total sense. Yeah, I love it. What, uh, well, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you've gotten to where you are today as a, a CEO of Webmetrics. Okay, so I was born and raised in London. My story is but basically my, both my parents died by the time I was 20. Hmm. And I basically went and got a job, and I quit within the first four hours of that job. And I put my own businesses from there on out. Okay. I moved over to America when I was about 23, and from here on out, I just, um, basically worked all my way into the marketing agencies and building up skills in every different type of business I could. With it, and I consulted hundreds of companies, learning from the inside how to run companies, how to systemize. For example, the internet marketing community is very good at getting things off the ground very quickly, but we're not very good at managing hundreds of employees. So I went and learned and consulted these companies on how they manage hundreds of um, employees and used my PR media outlets also to interview these guys to learn. And that's how really the secret is becoming a sponge. If you want to get further in life, learn from different industries as many as possible. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And so how many people do you employ and lead inside of your company? Just on the SEO division for the outreach links, about 40. Okay. Yeah, so it's, uh, 
it's important. Interesting you say, right? Internet marketing, um, you know, it's, they're really good at get the, getting these companies up, but, but uh, don't know how to lead people. And so what was it or where did you learn that yourself? You know, where, where did that come from for you to, to realize the importance of that? It seems maybe like, it kind of seems obvious that you would need to do that, but, but uh, like you said, it's not that obvious, obviously, because of all the others that, that do it in, in real strong in that area. Where, where did that come from for you? Well, my wife's the one who taught me a lot of my stuff I needed to learn and forced me to learn. And then I found it in different books and I studied on Forbes and Inc. And I found out the right business coaches and I went to hire coaches and mastermind. I attended mastermind for 40 grand for a day just to learn and absorb from people who are way, way more successful. Now, these are underground masterminds, not like the internet communities where you've got like, the funnel hacking live type communities. Sure. These are masterminds where people are making hundreds of millions and running massive corporations. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so maybe talk a little bit too. I always love to ask this, like, who, who are some of the leaders, championship leaders, coaches, mentors that have impacted you? And, you know, the question is really less about who they are, but really, what is it that you learned from them, that you took from them, the characteristics or traits that they had? that you've kind of taken on and uh, helped to mold who you are as a leader? My, um, i say one of the big influences is Jack Ma. Jack Ma is one of my idols in business and I think he's incredible from $12 a month to 47 billion. I think it's incredible, he's doing it in China. Yeah. And it, that philosophy I gave at the beginning is what I learned it a couple of years ago from him. Uh-huh. Um, aside from that, I just learned our mentors, those who basically run medical um, companies, not necessarily like a physician, but I'm talking about doing like um, after home care and whatever. So yeah. different friends from there, different friends who run companies in um, software who are running it on very little profit margins at the beginning. And they're really focused on the employees, because the employees are the high talent are going to help them succeed to create that VC pitch that's going to make them really hundreds of millions and win. But someone we've done. There's just different industries I learned different people I've met and really small friends and mentors. Yeah. I've had that many mentors in my life. I have a few that I've learned from, but most of the time, no. Where did you learn the importance of like, for me, I, I kind of fell into the coaching world. Um, I'm a coach myself, of course, but I didn't, I didn't necessarily realize that, that, that there was that world out there. Now, of course, it's, it's what I do every single day, and I, I, I know the importance of it and the impact that it can make. Where did that come from for you? So what happened was, I never used to read books or anything, and then I, um, what gave me thinking go rich? I came put them books after thinking yeah. go rich. Then I saw The Secret. Okay. And when I watched The Secret, I knew, and I sort of read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I reached out to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, wanted to speak to K- M. Kiyosaki, and he said he doesn't do coaching anymore, but our coaches do, and then they told me about, T- I found out T. Harv Ecker, and he stopped coaching as well, and I met Bob Proctor, and I'm like, I didn't like most of the other coaches, like, um, I won't mention name, but I don't like the way they um, basically stole me. So I'm like, I met Bob Potter and I love Bob Potter the way he told, he told me the story and I felt confident in him and then that's how I got involved in the coaching space. I paid him $10,000 an hour, almost. Yeah. How did, how did web metrics come about? What, what happened there? What was the progression there? What it was is I had multiple companies and I started consulting them under the web metrics group. Um, I got different agencies under the web metrics group, the web design, the YouTube ads, everything. I considered them under one because it made more sense and I thought I bought a better brand than the one versus these different companies. It's easier to systemize everything for taxes and everything else. It came about also because my business partner, he's a genius and one of the person I met at like a fairly grand mastermind. And he and I partnered up to basically take it way better and bigger. 
Mm-hmm. And I wanted to implement his ideas in my business to make more money with those ideas. Got it. So what, uh, what, what's some adversity that you've learned? I think adversity is probably one of the greatest uh, teachers that we have inside of life and to take the experiences we've had through that and to help us to, to be successful moving forward. Maybe you could share a little bit about that for the listeners um, on some adversity that you've had inside of your life that's helped you to really get to where you are today. Well, I'll start with this. Losing my dad, who was my best friend, because this person, the only friend I had, that gave me real, um, that was a challenge beyond anything else. Yeah. You're 20 years old. Right. You're going to be a parent, it is tough. That is probably the biggest pivot in my life yeah. um, in terms of adversity. Another one is I was born with nerve deafness in my, they damaged the um, hearing center in my brain. So I wasn't meant to hear at all. I couldn't speak till I was five. My brain rewired itself to learn how to hear and speak. Oh, wow. now, I still can't hear high frequency, but um, I hear low frequency. High frequency is like math weeks. Learning that, I had to overcome a lot of challenges, including bullying and to pushing myself to become better. And of course, at school, it was an elementary school, I didn't do that well. By the time I hit um, 11 years old, I accelerated above everybody. By the time I was 13, I was pretty much doing what 18 olds were doing. But life is all about challenges and using it to your advantage and finding opportunities there. When I came to America, and I couldn't work for a while, and I lost 70% of my money because I didn't have my green card or social security. I had to figure out ways to learn skills and able to connect and build a network. I moved from a different continent with no, no one but my wife at the time, it was my girlfriend at the time, to a country and to a state that was very racist. Mm-hmm. Life is about pushing forward. I and mean, this is more of a story that I'm using lately. So um, basically, my friend, Brian, is a mentor of mine, actually. He's a Canadian billionaire. Brian invested money. 10 times in a row and lost money quite a bit. He did the same thing again, and he lost money again the next time. He made some, right, and he basically posted break even, or break even, so to say. On a 26 deal, he made $700 million net after taxes and after, um, and what's it called, losses. $700 million he made, he found a unicorn. And he said to me, the problem with entrepreneurs is, is everybody wants to, get that quick win. A VC doesn't yeah. care. And everyone makes fun of the VCs and say, oh, especially entrepreneurs, they're like, you could invest in real estate or marketing and get better online. He said, the problem with entrepreneurs is they don't have the long cycle. They don't play the long-term game. They said, the short term, I get a two-to-one ROI and I'm happy. I found a unicorn. I make more money than half of these entrepreneurs combined, is what he said to me. He said, it's about having the stomach to play the long-term game. Because the short term feels good for your, your comfort and for your ego. It doesn't feel good for the actual success of your legacy. Yeah, agree 100%, right? But how do you create that stomach for it, right? Is that just something that some people have? Is that something that... It's something that I think it also depends upon how fixated you're on your point you're going, how much confidence and trust you have in your skills and how adaptable you are. What do you learn? It's the definition of insanity. You're doing the same thing again and again, expecting different results. Here's the thing. You, you find what doesn't work. You use it to eliminate the, the processes the next time so you have less choices and you can start getting better choices. And you might go through several failures to get the right choice. Look at Thomas Edison even. He failed how many times, so to say, as people would say, but he learned on each one what to do. And I gave him closer and closer until he found the light bulb. Mm-hmm. But Thomas Edison doing that and getting, never giving up, we'll never have electricity. We won't be on this podcast yeah. even. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, well, what's the vision for you? Where do you want to go? Like, what do you want to accomplish? What's the impact you want to make? Uh, in this in this lifetime, my vision really is to start with internal with my family. 
once I get to my goals with um, and vision in my family, my other goals is to then build out software and other companies that I got the connections to do to help me improve the quality of life of the world. So for example, I know things that a lot of very, very powerful influencer doctors, including a billionaire doctor. I know people are connected to a lot of the tech industry that can improve the way that people improve their quality of life. Also, I would like to write a book down the line with my influence and connections that I have to make it your best time seller and leave it as a legacy. And as Ryan Jose calls it, a pretty narrow seller. Basically, a book that isn't aimed to go on your best time seller necessarily, but it will get in the hands of millions like Robert the Green's books. And uh, do you have any idea what that book's going to be yet? I know what book um, frameworks are going to be. I just want to show it at to when I've got to what I want to get to and showing it from that experience when I will release it. Yeah, okay. I love it. What, um, you know, what, what would be some advice that you could have for, for entrepreneurs that are, that are wanting to, to follow a similar path or track to you to help them to continue to, to find that success, to build that, that stomach for the long-term game plan and vision? Uh, so that they can be successful? So the first thing I always say, well, a few things. The first thing is, is I call it the detox system. Eliminate exactly what is not what you want. Right? And when you know what you want, find out, here's the thing, most entrepreneurs don't pay the price. I talk about paying the price more than anything in my inner circle. Mm -hmm. right? Everything has a price. And the chemistry, we call it the activation energy. What's the energy needed to make the reaction happen and to create the compounds you want? The activation energy, the price you're going to pay. Once you know that, are you willing to pay that price? If you're not, forget it. You might as well quit and go to a different dream. Right? A lot of people talk about wanting to make eight figures or nine figures or even billions of dollars. For example, I want to make billions. And I'm working on these type of deals. It came at a very high price. I changed my friends, my circle, my life. I work every day to 3 a.m. and I get up at 7, 8 a.m. every single day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. I don't have a life much outside my work. Why? Because I know what the vision is. I know what price I have to pay it. Once I get there, I can start enjoying it more. I know a lot of people will talk about living life on their own terms, and it's important, yes, to have fun and play. But there's a time and a period where to go through the trial and the challenges and pay that price to get where you want to get to, especially when you want it in a quicker time. A lot of people, if you're talking about 20 years, you can pay, do the thing way less work over 20 years. If you want it in three to five years, you have to pay working harder to compensate for that time frame that you're collapsing. That's the very first thing I would say. Understand what you have to pay and understand you have to put the work ethic behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Then I'm going to give one other thing. I like yep. hypnosis. I'm a big proponent of hypnosis. Yeah. And the reason is... Yeah, tell me more. Well, you've got the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, the conscious mind is the gatekeeper to the subconscious mind. When you get an actual really good hypnotherapist who actually knows what they're talking about and doing, you bypass the entire conscious mind and go straight to the subconscious mind and rewire over the subconscious mind. It's the fastest hack, right, to rewire your subconscious mind and your habits in your life. And so you would rewire that so that you, that you no longer have these uh, things that are, that are limiting you or holding you back? Mm -hmm. So a lot of my friends, for example, they used it to stop smoking. That's just an yeah. example. They were smoking, some of them were smoking like two cigarettes a day, I was smoking 15 cigarettes a day. They almost quit cold turkey and never gone back since for close to five years now at least because of the hypnosis. Myself, I use it to overcome different issues. And I know that hypnosis works only because I understand it works and I'm open to the idea. So many people have this idea when they hear hypnosis is, you're going to start being, um, being able to hypnotize you like quack quack or whatever crap they believe. Hypnosis is very, very different. It's like guided meditation. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have a name now. I thought it was like free to rewind or something. I can't remember what it's called right now, the new trend word for it. But really, it's a fancy word to say that it basically is hypnosis. And how often do you do that? Daily. Daily. 
So you have a hypnotherapist that you see daily? I've got a recording that I paid for. Okay, got you. Okay. Yeah, that is powerful. And uh, it makes total sense. I hadn't really thought about it. But uh, yeah, that makes total sense. Absolutely. Anything else that you got that you could leave for the listeners that could they could take, implement today, and uh, to help them move forward inside of their life? The other thing is goal writing. And when I say goal writing, a lot of people talk about the dream, they call that a goal, or New Year's resolution, etc. They don't have a clue what a goal really is. Because a goal is about able to break the goal down into tangible steps for every single day to take action. My goal system I personally created was designed to hit your goal in 49 days. Yeah. So with that, what I understood is, we just take a look at nature. You look at the atom. The atom, inside the, the atom, you have a nucleus. We've got the points of the neutrons. Outside the nucleus, you have the electron shell, where the electrons are floating around your um, nucleus. They try and seek a, um, what's it called, inert state, or stable state, as I like to call it. And with that, it basically, you can only get seven electron shells maximum around the nucleus. That's the number. When we look at the um, quantum physics, there's only seven copies of every photon, so there's only seven parallel dimensions, or universes. So with that in mind, we start looking at the rainbow ribbon. You've got seven spectrums of light. It's a pattern. Seek the patterns and seek how to understand. So with it, I can talk about religion. With seven heavens, the seven sins, the seven everything. With it, understand mm-hmm. from religion and from, um, what's it called? From science. I personally believe, this is my own personal belief, I'm not going to say what everyone else believes, is that God is energy. Because energy can't be created and can't be destroyed. It's just everywhere it wants to take on any shape or any form. Life is also energy. So which is, and I always find that it can actually combine religion and science in a sense together. And with it, I said, if seven is what nature is showing and what religion is showing, then why not create seven goals, one for each area of life? Break down the seven goals into seven outcomes. And with the seven outcomes, you break them into seven steps. You have 49 steps per goal. One step a day, and 49 days you'll hit your goals. And you don't have to focus on hitting one step a day. You don't have to focus on all the other things you can't do. Just focus on hitting one step a day, and look how far you'll go. Yeah, that's powerful. And uh, definitely going to go back and listen to that again. I'd never heard that, but I love it. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And if, if you're listening, I would definitely have the notepad out for that one. That's, uh, that's a powerful concept that you just dropped right there. So thank you for sharing that. I uh, really do appreciate it. What are some ways that we could follow you or, uh, you know, hear more about what you got going on? I know you mentioned in Inner Circle. Yeah, just some other ways the listeners can find out more about you. They can follow me on Facebook or Instagram um, or LinkedIn, or they can follow me on my company website where I make this book. My Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, um, LinkedIn is all in Tarek. Yeah, great. Thank you. And we'll make sure that I link those up for sure. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on the show. I uh, really do. I had your wife, Amy, not that long ago on here as well. So we have the whole Tariq family on the Championship Leadership Podcast, which is awesome. You're the first uh, husband-wife uh, couple that I've had have it on the show, which is pretty unique. And I just appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Ain't no five and no six. I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I miss my life, miss my wife. For 15 months, he was all alone.
When I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm called to be a leader, I'm a leader. Championship leadership podcast. Hey, Bailey. Championship, championship, championship.